June. June, get a life. She wants friends. Come here. Come here, June. You're fine. Everything's okay. I know I'm on the floor. There's a lot of scary stuff happening. think that I'm here to play with you, but I'm not. I'm really not. Welcome to the the apocalypse. I got every time. Welcome to <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Apocalypse Unicorn Time. Oh, shit. Apocalypse. <laughs> Maybe that'd be more appropriate. <laughs> the apocalypse. Welcome Damn, to the apocalypse happened. Now what? <laughs> Welcome to If the Apocalypse Comes Beat Me, also known as Do you like my mask? It raises the dead. Isn't it pretty? This is a weekly-ish podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where we take a look at each episode according to its original air date 20 years ago. This week's episode is Season 2, Episode 8, The Dark Age. We're going to be talking about characters, we're going to be talking about plot, we're also going to be talking about possession a little bit. So spoilers bound for this episode, and every episode before it, every episode after it, and possibly the other shows in the comics and everything. Hey everybody! It's podcast time! (laughs) I, we're here to talk about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. My name's Kelly. I'm here with my co-host, Stacia. Say hello. What's your weird accent? Oh, Daniel, say hello. It's so echoey in here. I know. I feel really loud. Uh, we're here to talk about The Dark Age, season two, episode eight. Did you know? It's written by the guy named Dean Battle and somebody named Rob Day Hotel, who both co-wrote this episode, Never Kill a Boy on the First Date, Puppet Show, Phases, and Kill by Death. And that was it. And nothing else. And they wrote them together. And I, meh. Also directed by Bruce Seth Green, who we talked about in mm. Halloween a couple weeks ago. He did Ted Phases and what is Phases? Which one's Phases? That's where we find out Oz is a werewolf. Oh, did you know that? Well, yes, I do, but I didn't know that's the one. This episode originally aired November tenth, nineteen ninety seven. And before we get into the episode to set the mood, why don't we go back to that year, twenty years ago? That year, that week, twenty years ago, and find out the news. What was popular? What was going on? I think we have some robots for that. Kelly. Stacia, your generosity never ceases to amaze. So you want to know what November of 1997 looked like? Haha, <laughs> well, this is awkward. Kelly, Stacia, Dennis. I would take over news duties from Royston, who was still in 1997 Iraq and possibly 1997 Peru but that would be overstepping my programming. Be forewarned, Royston isn't well. Royston is well. Royston, well, isn't. This week in Iraq, it, the state of Iraq. Stands firm on inspections and rejects mediation. Clinton wants more sanctions and urges the UN to demand more in its demands. And the Pentagon, worried about being shot down, says it would probably just use missiles to attack Iraq. Oh, and if you shoot down our planes, Iraq, you're gonna pay. Just kidding, you're gonna pay regardless I think we're done here. Oh my. No time for MCI and Worldcom's record $37 billion merger or that Picasso's portrait of his mistress sold for $44 million. No time at all. So instead of just letting me take over and streamline this entire process, we've hired two new interns for assignment. First, our new segment, Dear No Shit Obviously, from 2017. Eleonora, are you there? 1997 once felt casually stupider than today, or it did. Now 1997 is just as stupid as 2017 so imagine all of this garbage life being looked at on a podcast in 2037. In 1997, a study was released this week that informed us that light cigarettes may not be less hazardous to our health than normal cigarettes. 
Turns out, us robots don't smoke like humans do, you know with your hands and all, plugging up those vents that lets the toxins into your airbags. Stupid humans. Also this week in 1997, President Clinton was the first US president to speak to gay people. We have to broaden the imagination of America, he said. Okay. Wow. 2017 calling, read the room, we're limiting our scope of America over here. But it wasn't just gays he was talking to but one gay in particular, Ellen DeGeneres. 2017 is like, what, Ellen who takes selfies and dances and takes pictures with George Bush who is now our hero because he's not Trump. Oh, shit, don't tell Royston what that dude is gonna do to Iraq. Anyway, some scumfucks who are now in the White House called this an American president kissing up to the wealthiest extremists of the amoral left, now our president is one of those wealthy extremists that know no bounds in their vile behavior. From Hollywood to Ridgewood. Don't smoke and don't be homophobic, even if one of those is back in vogue. Eleonora, out. That was blunt. Let's go to Resident Nerd Lucius for technology news. Just kidding. Resident Nerd is our programmer and all the wonderful moving parts that make us whole. Lucius is just a disembodied voice. Have you heard of Netflix? It went online this week in 1997. Have you heard of America Online? Well, maybe not, but it posted record sales this week of $19 million compared to a loss of $353 million last year. Have you heard of the United States Senate? It fought back a challenge to allow laptop computers on the floor. However, you can bring a calculator with written permission and of course, can gorge on the snuff boxes filled with tobacco and excrete it from your mouths into the two large spittoons that still sit in the chamber. Oh. Sorry. I thought this was, dear no shit obviously, from 2017. You still can't use laptops, tablets or phones on the chamber floor. The snuff boxes are empty but the spittoons are there, waiting just for you. Humans are gross. What other gross human things did 1997 produce? Shania Twain released Come On Over which went on to sell 40 million copies. If that makes you choke up a bit, there's excellent hip-hop this week. Jay-Z released In My Lifetime, Volume 1, Rock'em the 18th Letter, and 3-6 Mafia Chapter 2, World Domination. In movies Starship Troopers arrived to confuse and offend everyone. Bean was a nice antidote to having to think in your movies and Mad City was also released as a movie. In books, The Dark Tower 4, Wizard and Glass was released this week. Good stuff. What a week, Kelly, Stacia, Dexter, let's join our friends Buffy, Xander, Willow, Giles, and Joy-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-
with the cage door, because the book cage is really not structurally improved until the later seasons when we need it to be to keep Oz contained, uh, knocks Jenny out because she's unconscious. Philip goos into her body, and now... Ew. <laughs> oh, God, every time. I accidentally say something really horrific. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> and the Igon is born inside Jenny Calendar. It's more like going against her body. Like, it didn't go into anything. It just Her hand just touched it. Yes. And then she just became. And who is Igon, you might ask? It's, uh, you know, this rando demon that the Giles and crew used to possess each other with. Uh, to get high back in his heyday in his 20s because that's what you do because weed's not cool I guess in London Um, this leads to the death of one of their friends Randall at their own hands apparently because Giles and his friends just straight up murdered someone and I guess that'll bond you to somebody for life which is why Ethan's like hey you and me besties forever Uh, Ethan captures Buffy by tying a simple rope around her hands which seems to somehow thwart a slayer even though she has the strength of ten men but that's fine puts a tattoo on her back so that Igon goes after her instead of him Ethan of course escapes Buffy saves the day but not really Willow saves the day by taking charge of a group of people that don't want to research together and then forcing Angel but not really forcing Angel because who doesn't want to be the hero of course Angel does we knock out Jenny slash Igon Demon goes into Angel's body. They have this cute little scene where he's convulsing and stuff and kills Igon, hopefully. But he definitely won't show up in the comics or anything. And uh, everyone's fine, except for Jenny, who is irrevocably damaged. And uh, Giles and her relationship probably will get better. It'll be fine. She definitely won't die before they reconcile. That's it. That's the episode. (laughs) You have such an eye for detail. Because with the ZD. What are you two up to? So what do you guys think about the Dark Age? We learned some stuff. Some new exciting stuff about Giles. Wasn't that yeah. exciting? I mean, okay, I think we're, again, a little jaded. I think we, we know, are a little We jaded. know a lot about him. But this is the first real reveal. I mean, like, there's not a lot of first in this episode. I mean, Possession a little bit, but we did that in the puppet show. Uh, yeah. Which is funny, because I that dude I, wrote that episode. I liked, oh, that's fair. I liked, um... I liked the tattoo stuff. It never comes back, right? The tattoo's gone. After no, this, no. we never. Uh, I think we, they might show a shot of Giles' forearm at some point with it, just to be like, "Hey, hey remember that?" Yeah, but, I um, guess there's no reason for us to really ever see Giles' forearm again. He really had to pull that up real high. To, <laughs> he did. I mean, in theory, it's like they're not walking around with tank tops, like true, especially not Giles. Especially not Giles. Not so three-piece suit. So in theory, he still has it and always will have it. But I guess it's also like. I don't know. If it went away, I guess it would make sense. Because, like... Well, I guess he had to pour acid over it, so... It's a tattoo. I don't think the tattoo itself would fade, even if the magic associated with it does. True. But Buffy's going to spend money to go get it removed. So maybe Giles went and was like, tag team, we're both going to go remove these unsightly tattoos together. Yeah. So if you thought that the tattoo... Like, if the demon could come back and possibly run through your whole group and kill you, why wouldn't you have gotten the tattoos removed, like, 20 years ago? Yeah. Oh, that's a great, great point. If that's the only thing that tells the demon, hey, this is a body to possess. True. It Although had no I idea it who possess Jenny. I don't know. I don't yeah. understand the rules of it. Yeah. I don't like Ethan Rain. I don't I like him just don't care about really? his episodes. There's not I enough. Love him. There's not enough of him to make it interesting. And also the Giles stuff, it just got... I, I don't know. I just imagine Ripper as being like this badass thing, and I guess maybe it's okay that he's not, but it's really dark. I mean, like they like friend died at their hands. Yeah. I mean, potentially, and then they go off to do these things, and 
you know, they're all a part of this occult thing, but he became a watcher. Maybe we're going to get more on the watchers, but like, what's, what does Ethan Rain do? What does he do? Why, why was Giles a watcher and not him? And mm-hmm. is this something you, I, I know it's not like you don't go into a Barnes and Noble and apply to be a watcher, but like, <laughs> is it something that you strive for or know about or whatever? Cause surely Sounds Ethan like would have known. Like father, like son situation oh, like so he Giles inherited the position from his dad yeah so oh. we go into that a little bit in uh right. the angel and faith comics in what would be season nine um we do a little bit more about giles past but yeah essentially he was groomed to be a watcher from a young age because his father was involved and in that's the rebellion Council. thing so he's right punk rocker yeah he was like thing. i was studying in oxford for history like i was gonna do this thing and he was like i don't want to do this and then he went to london and uh made friends with ethan rain and randall poor randall and deirdre yeah. And uh, they were into some freaky shit. He was I like, don't you guys pretty... just do acid like everyone else? They're like, no, man. I gone. <laughs> so the thing that seems weird to me is if you're a watcher and you don't want to, but you feel like you're pushing that direction, wouldn't you then sort of like reject anything watchery related? Like maybe being possessed by a demon to get high? Wouldn't you just like, I don't know, snort some cocaine? And move on. Why would yeah. you then fall into this like weird occult group? Instead of, like, I don't know, something else. Yeah, when your world is magic-based, you feel like the rebellion of that would be the super straight-laced or even just, like, anything rooted in reality. Like, yeah. mushrooms Which are real. Would, well, true, but also probably a rejection of all of that because you, you wouldn't want to ever lose control in any way. Yeah. Which I guess is kind of the irony, too, is he becomes such a straight-laced person. Yeah. But he's also sort of a... I guess he's not a magical entity, but it's so magical, but he is also... I don't know. It's weird to think of him as a punk rocker. It's weird to think of him as like, you know, the damned and the clash and mm-hmm. sex pistols and that stuff like that. That picture of him like, with the guitar. It, I wonder if that's legit. I mean, like, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, I think it might be. Anthony Stewart Head is. Like, oh, he a is a magi- musician. musician. Yeah, yeah. magician yeah. and a badass. Yeah, and it looked great. So it's like I don't think that it would have looked good if it was like oh, CGI. Yeah. yeah, not in the nineties. Not in the nineties. No. Yeah, and they really totally wanted forgot. to show that. They would have gone to pains. Mm-hmm. To not show us a photo or like show it far away, right? So that thing was like slapped in our faces. So it's like, yeah, yeah, that's from Anthony Stewart Head's collection. Yeah, yeah duh. I don't know how I forgot that he made it a he made an, uh, an album called Music for Elevators not too long ago, but but with a guy named George Sarah who is the backing for the fake band that uh, Ver- Veruca is in. That is the girl that Oz falls in love with. That was a long ride. Uh, wow. <laughs> it's not music. It's just a meaningless sounds. There. Feel better? Yes. Thanks. So I, I like Ethan a lot. I agree that we don't get enough of him to like make it worth it. it. But for me, it's all about like I don't think he was bad. He just wasn't that I interesting. I don't understand his like motivation, the which is why thing. he's not compelling. When he tried to push the bookcase on Buffy, what was that about? Like, yeah, I brought that up it, with Stacia. Doesn't make sense. What he does doesn't make sense. Like, why would you want to turn everyone into their Halloween costumes? Mm-hmm. Like, if he's a master of chaos, like I feel like you need to push it a little bit further to be believable. Right. Like. I would believe, like, the Joker would do something like that. But Ethan Rain, in general, he seems, like, fairly ineffectual and harmless as far as bad guys go. And also, I don't understand why he's doing what he's doing. Like, you see Spike introed, and you instantly understand his motivations. He wants to kill the Slayer because the Slayer's in his town, and he needs to heal, heal Drusilla. That makes sense. But, like, Ethan Rain shows up, something happens, and then he goes away again. And yeah. That's why I find him just so utterly boring. You would have to have him establish over m- many episodes the first obstacle in their way. And yes, it's a big one because even Giles is really concerned. He just folds. He completely folds. He 
douses his arm with acid to get out oh of it. Oh, my like, God. It just got real intense. That's not how that would work. Really fast. And, like, I guess we... Do we see him again? Yeah, we won't see oh, him again the, until season three, though. Yeah, and he just sort of... They just have a talk, right? I, I see them at a booth. Him with Giles, right? And maybe one other person. Spike? What? No, the next time we see him is Band Candy. Oh, Band Candy. Oh, yeah. so that's bullshit. Is uh, that him who does it? Yeah. Which is so random. It must just be like, Robin Sachs is in town. We need somebody to play this character. Make it him. It can be Ethan. Why can't it be Ethan? Yeah, but that's not... That's I just wish they did that more consistently. If they really that's needed like a yeah. whatever ex machina, let's just let it be Ethan ex machina. Like, or just go. make it be no one because you've never had to have it be anyone before. It was okay. just sort of random stuff. Yeah. It's I, not like Ethan was behind the praying mantis and behind the spiders and behind... Right. All of that, like, why couldn't it have just been another demon? It could have just been, like, if it's all for the sake of Giles' backstory, it, it could have just been this episode and he didn't need to be in Halloween at all. Like, I mean, they could have just had a random shopkeeper who just mm-hmm. travels around to a different town every Halloween and makes the costumes come alive. And that would make a lot more sense. Yeah. Doesn't even add any motivation, but at least... Wow, that's better. Well, there's something you don't see every day. I'm going to be in therapy till I'm 30. This episode would have been probably better if it was after... A couple more episodes with Ethan being whatever, like a weird torment to Giles. Well, even where you just, just push against it. It one of the reasons why this episode is frustrating is in addition to Ethan Rain just being generally unsatisfying as always, we have these two other characters from Giles's past that we don't actually get to interact with in any way. Deirdre doesn't even get a line. Deirdre's already dead, and then this mm-hmm. guy who's looking for Giles, like it would have been so much more interesting for them to have at least a short conversation, like implying something. Before he dies as well, because yeah, why did he run only, away? The why only window away? that we get into Giles's past is always through a lens of Ethan Rain or Ethan Rain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ethan Rain. Yeah. Um, even with Band Candy, when he turns into his teenage self, like that is because Ethan, Ethan. Yeah. Yeah. brought the candy bars. Well, until the later seasons, Giles isn't really allowed to have depth without that kind of catalyst. Like, well, I guess uh, Jenny dying is a huge catalyst for him turning into a, a different right. type of person. You're like a woman, Ripper. You cry at every funeral. You never had the strength for me. You don't deserve me. But guess what? You've got me. Under your skin. Well, I think it, because the show is like always focused on Buffy so you see Giles through Buffy's eyes and to him or to her he's, he's like just a, a boring old adult right a sexy fuddy daddy a sexy fuddy daddy <laughs> that's right <laughs> oh that was it was great I yeah. liked Jenny being the person though I, I like that tension of Jenny having and being poor, you know the demon and like forcing that out of Giles because if it wasn't Jenny and, and maybe if it was just a random thing Ethan beside um, it would have it would have been it would have been an okay episode, but it would have been very sort of random, just sort of like, hey, this is about Giles. But it's sort of by having it be Jenny, it made it more more intense. And the, all of it before was just so lovely. Oh my god, yeah. I'm I just forgot how much I love Jenny and and Giles. They're just wonderful. Well, as a fan of just, their relationship, I hate that it was Jenny uh, because true. it fucks it up their relationship. Everything well, forever. of course, of course. And uh, then like, she dies. Yeah, I mean, I wish that never happened either, but it made it more powerful and then we know what happens that's also part of it too it's like yeah no seeing her like not like cowering recoiling to his touch like that physically hurt me it was terrible and made me really sad so but they had to do a whole episode about this to do that Mm -hmm. and like just even his face like Giles' face it's just like man that guy is so lonely so alone 
even with Buffy and all that. Yeah. Yep, yep, I knew this would happen. Nobody can be wound as straight and narrow as Giles without a dark side erupting. My Uncle Rory was the stodgiest taxidermist you've ever met by day. By night it was booze, whores, and fur flying. With her horse? He was alone. Give it time. Well, I had heard that Joss Whedon had initially planned on killing Oz instead. Ooh, I did um, not know that. And then ended up switching it to Jenny. That would be... Oh, man. <laughs> well, they would, have, they would have done a little bit more, though, with Oz, probably to establish the pain of it. Yeah. If they were going to do that. So it's hard to maybe even imagine that one. Wow, yeah, what a different... I mean, there's so many times that could have happened in this show. True. That it didn't, but... He, he didn't show up when he was supposed to last night. And then when I went over to his place, he was acting... Well, very anti-Giles. He wouldn't let me in, and he looked really bad. I think he might have been... I think he was drinking. He was home alone drinking? But tea, right? Wasn't tea, Will. Uh, drunk Giles is the first time we see him drink, first time we see his house, first time we see all Yeah, this first stuff. apartment setting, for sure. And I just remember them being like, <laughs> Buffy went to the you know, school on Saturday and was like, he was drinking alone in his house and i was like oh no i'm drinking right now alone in my house what does that say about me am i an elderly librarian no what's happening right now um oh yeah you should quickly check yourself for mysterious tattoos yes yes this is what happens when you have school on saturday my okay so i found this to be really ridiculous he goes and he sees the body and he's like, oh no, my friend from a million years ago when we were into this weird culty stuff. So he goes home and he makes a list of the people that were in this weird occult group, <laughs> which name? which was three people and then, or four, Ethan Rain and then his name at the end. Like he would forget his own name. Like he, and he's crossed out three. So it's just Ethan Rain and him left and he's like, oh no. And I'm like, I'm so glad that you've checked to make sure that you are still alive. Yes. And then he rolls up his sleeve to stare at a tattoo as if it might've disappeared or something. And give exposition to the, to the mirror, which was quite so nice. So you're back. Cool. So really awkward awesome. scene. Really awkward. Amazing. I think that they could have just not put his name and just implied that Giles knew all these people. Didn't but... need a fucking name. I mean, you should have had more names in there to either tantalize us for some. He should have pulled out an actual black book instead of like, let me write down my four friends and like including <laughs> well, myself. And I'm just like, like, aren't you supposed to be pretty smart? Can't you remember three other people? Also, two of them are straight dead. It's yeah. you and Ethan. That's it. Yep, you really could just write Ethan's name on a piece of paper and just wait. Yeah, and I get the Ethan thing where it's like if you're a sleuth in 97, you're like, okay, I know that name maybe. Like, you know, it wouldn't have paid off in any way, but it's like you might have noticed that because they really did linger on it for a minute. That was fine, but then Giles' name on there was, what are you going to do, cross it out? Be like, hang on a second. You're about to kill me? Okay, let me just get that. (laughs) Let me get that done. Okay. The Sunnydale police showing up at all is pretty amazing. I don't really know. Did they? Yeah, they came in to question Giles. That's how the whole thing came Oh my off. god, that was a whole thing. Yeah, yeah to take him to identify the body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you visited decaf land. But like, why did he not run away from the girl? Deidre, right? That's mm-hmm. her name? What was that? What was just sitting there waiting to die about? all about? Well, he wasn't sure. He was like, is that you? You look like a monster. Maybe I should get really close to you to find out. No, he saw that it was a monster from the first second. He just makes four choices. Yeah, but they all kind of did that. They were all just like, oh, that's a demon right there. 
Please don't get me, demon. Please don't come. Oh, you're coming closer. Okay. Well, I guess I'm just going to stay here. Bang on this random door that I just hope is the back door to the library. Like, even if they heard, they might have been late to coming to get them. Like, what was Why that about? would you go to a school after hours? Why would you, one, assume Giles would be there, and two, that you could get in? Like, I'm I assume even in England, they lock schools once the school closes. And nighttime janitor, like, I'm Thank sorry. Thank God he was there. No, well, Phil also, have no idea. knowing that Mr. Rupert Giles, like, get out of here, that guy would have no idea. That's the point. He, like, comes in at night, doesn't right. know who the staff is, like, who's here. It doesn't matter. I thought that was weird, too, but that I was wasn't dumb. sure. I was like, I didn't really go to a big high school. Maybe this is something people no. do. I mean, you have janitors there that would know, but not at that time of night. I mean, yeah. that guy is just, he, that's a night person. And also really talkative, I'd be like, sir, what the fuck are you doing here? Like, get on my radio. Especially for a big school. I don't know. Again, Sunnydale, if it's big. I mean, it's a big campus. But yeah, yeah you would definitely call that in and be like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. There's a strange dude shambling yeah. around. Well, there's something you don't see every day. I'm going to be in therapy till I'm 30. I'm going to talk a little bit about possession. Because that's what happens in this episode. People be getting possessed. Specifically Jenny-shaped people. And Angel a little bit, too. Are you going to lay on top of me? <laughs> she really wants to be Here. on top of you. Is this what you want? Really upset about it. Is this, is this what you want? There you go. Most religions claim that humans can be possessed by spirits, demon or otherwise. But the idea of an evading spirit being inherently evil is largely a Judeo-Christian one. Other belief systems accept that both beneficent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, possessions are usually temporary and un. Or a usually temporary and uncommon part of spiritual life. Mediums, New Agers, and spiritualists all believe or seek to have the dead temporarily connect with them slash possess them so they can communicate with dead loved ones like a weird undead telephone thing. Um, which is, we've all seen iterations of that, right? Long Island Medium's a thing. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Still a thing? Ooh, and that guy, the crossing over guy. Yeah. Mm. See, that's yeah. all... I don't, I don't have, like, cable anymore, so I don't know about those. I mean, those are old. old John Edwards, that was his name. John Infomercial yeah. stuff. I yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's still iterations Ooh, um, of them. Miss Cleo just died. That's right. Yeah. A couple months ago. That's some, like, 90 shit right there. But yeah, so that's a, kind of a form of that, too, right? They're not possessed in the way that we think of, like, exorcism possessed, but yeah. they are temporarily a spirit, supposedly, is inhabiting their body, and therefore, like, able to communicate through real people on this plane, right? But Catholicism is buck wild, as we know, and there's demons and shit, and exorcisms are still performed today. Usually the people who are possessed are suffering from some sort of mental illness and are deeply religious. It's like, you need to have that combo, otherwise it doesn't really work. Or the people around them, sometimes dangerously are religious. Aren't those two one and the same? Oh, snap. Religious commentary. Satire. (laughs) And so, an exorcism's effectiveness is wholly dependent upon the possessed person's susceptibility to the power of suggestion and actual physiological state. So, I mean, if they're legitimately in some kind of diminished capacity as far as, like, having some kind of mental disorder, it's, uh, exorcism's obviously not going to fix it. Uh, and we'll talk about what happens with that later. Uh, the Vatican first issued official guidelines on exorcism in 1614 and didn't revise them until 1999. So, you know, 300 years doing the same thing. Nothing's changed. We should keep just doing it this way. It's probably fine. According to the Vatican's guidelines, demonic possession signs include superhuman strength, aversion to holy water, the ability to speak in unknown languages, also known as garbage. And what's aversion to holy water mean? Like, if I sprinkle myself with holy water, I'm sure I'd be fine. I don't need an exorcism. (laughs) It's water. That's what, yeah. You're not averse to it, so you're not possessed. Yeah. Uh, Oh. You don't want to be near it. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I see. Like how a vampire might react to holy water. And what are vampires but a host body possessed by a demon? Nice. The ability to speak an unknown language is fake. Spitting, cursing, and excessive masturbation. So there you go. Michael Cuneo, author of a couple of books about the Catholic Church at large, but also about exorcisms, he wrote uh, American Exorcism in 2001, attended at least 50 or so exorcisms while doing research for his books. He says he never saw anything unexplainable or supernatural. No head spinning, no levitation, or demonic scratch marks suddenly appearing on anyone's faces. But what he did see was many emotionally troubled people on both sides of the ritual. Like, yeah, of course. Most people know that exorcisms are best left for horror movies, but there have been a couple of real-life tragic consequences of supposed possession and exorcisms gone wrong. 2003, an eight-year-old autistic boy in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, was killed during an exorcism by church members who blamed an invading demon for his autism. So that's fucked up and sad. In 2003? In 2005, a young Romanian nun died as a result of a priest performing an exorcism after being bound to a cross, gagged, and left for days without food or water in an effort to expel demons. And on December 25th, Christmas Day of 2010, as recent as that, a 14-year-old boy was beaten and drowned to death by family members that were trying to exorcise an evil spirit from him. So that shit's still happening. And I'm sure there's more examples of it, but these were just the three that I found really quick. I'm going to kill you. Will that blow the whole karma thing? Sweet child. Uh, it's messed up. I mean, it's mostly, it's either victims of people that are deeply religious and are confused or conflicted about something that's going on with them that's easily explainable and treatable by normal Western medicine or just therapy. Uh, Or it's the really sad things is stuff like this when it's, uh, you know, an autistic kid who has no control over his own life is killed because people around him think this way. And even this 14-year-old kid, it's like... There's nothing even wrong with you. He was probably, like, gay or, God forbid, had depression or, you know, something like that. And they're like, oh, well, we're fucked up and religious and this is the only way to fix him. What the fuck? No, I think the point of, like, on both sides, it's the other side is thinking right. we're, you know, in a position to actually heal you. But really, I'm also a broken person. And yeah. by healing you, I'm feeling better for my own self. And mm-hmm. what got me here and what got you here is pretty bleak all around. Super bleak. Yeah. So, really, in the end, Jenny got off kind of light. Because nothing really happened to her. She got possessed for like two days. And so she and she obviously remembered it all too. Mm-hmm. That must be kind of crazy. Because usually they just turn to goo. Yeah. So it must be kind of prob- probably even worse. Yeah. To like maybe not be in control. But it, would it be any worse than like fucking the pack and shit like yeah. that? I mean, it's kind of the same idea. You know, you remember. That's right. We deal with being possession connected. in the pack as well. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. But, like, Xander obviously was like, cool, roll with the punches. I would have eaten a person. Xander's but- possession seemed to, like, come in stages, though. Like, it was, like, delayed onset or something. <laughs> it's okay. But I, also, like, I might it- eat a pig. I might kill my friend. Oh, no. But it's that, it's just not, it's not treating the two, like, the same. Because you needed Jenny to be damaged by it to continue the storyline. But right. Xander couldn't have been damaged by it because we need him to keep being witty and funny and do all that bullshit that he's going to do. I don't know, it's just like, it's really convenient. But really, there's no difference between the two. They were both taken over by a spiritual entity. And, yeah. And are, I, or live to tell the tale. They I don't become like feral or they don't die. Because Xander, it seemed like, was still in control. That's he a, was he was pushed by his animal mm. instincts or whatever that he inherited through the possession. But he didn't turn into a full-on hyena. He didn't sprout fur on his face. He didn't grow a tail. Like, Jenny's face changed. Oh, true, she, yeah had no control over what was happening to her body. That's true. That's the only weird part about it is is like the the vague in between of her touching the goo and knowing that she was a demon or whatever. 
And then, like, the demon knowing to act on certain things up mm-hmm. until the point when she jumps out the window, amazingly. <laughs> it, what was that about? That's the only... Because I understand that part. What but, do you like, mean? It's just... It, how would, does the demon, how the demon how know the what demon buttons know? to press with Giles? Exactly. Like, how did it know when we had a date? Like, that's exactly. got to be Jenny. Yeah, so that was, like, that weird in between. And I don't think the show cares. I don't think it's worth really going into because they don't really give a shit about it. They just needed it to happen. Good. This game is brutal. I love it. It's just going to line up as a plot. Because we did see Igon brought his knowledge of Giles from 20 years ago or 15 years ago or however long to it and said, you were never strong enough for me, but like, you've got me. Whereas Xander was never like, back in Africa. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Remember that giraffe we ate? That was great, guys. That's fair. I think it it would just be like looking more into Jenny. Because I think you're right. It's like, he could learn some context clues and mine her knowledge. Hey! We don't have time for this. Our friends are in trouble. Now we have to put our heads together and and get them out of it. And if you two aren't with me 110%, then get the hell out of my library! Did uh, either of you learn anything from this episode? Anything you're going to take into your life with you? Grow as a person? If I need to get rid of a possession, I'm going to give it to Angel. So Mm. we can just fucking while out. That's one of the things that I learned. Day sex Angel, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I didn't see that coming, actually. I thought I was on the same page as Willow. Well, I thought I was on the same page as Xander and Cordelia. And then Willow was like, I got it. I was like, damn, I don't really know what she's doing, but I'm going to pretend like I do. And then when Angel showed up, I was like, no, not what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were going to get like a dead body. Or like Willow knew where a dead body was. That's what I thought. Because uh, I was like, oh, I'm with you guys with the dead body thing. She probably could have just like unearthed <clears throat> one from the science lab. Like, that's what I'm saying. Without Maybe. explanation. So that's when Willow was like, I'm going to go. I know exactly what to do. I'm like, shit, she she would know where a fucking she's body is. She's got a cadaver. <laughs> yeah. yeah I put and this- then Angel showed up. It's like, oh. Oh, that's really nice. You're thinking outside the box. Good job, girl. And then Buffy would be like, where did you get this dead body? And she's like, extra credit for science. Exactly. I hacked it. And no one would, would question it. Nope. It would just move on. Be like, yep, that's great. The sins of the past may come back to haunt you, so befriend an insult vampire just in case. Yeah. Stacia, did you learn anything? Um, I learned that you should be careful what you tattoo on your body so that it's not accidentally a symbol of power to um, lure a demon into your body to turn it into like a shell of a corpse that it can use as a meat puppet mm. yeah i'm pretty sure people accidentally do that every day every day yeah I've well i mean you're getting those like chinese symbols you never quite <laughs> know what you're getting it's true so you see who people are yes and i mark them so tell me who i am no why not? You are an outsider. So you can sleep with me. I'm not allowed. Do you see who I am, Hajar? Yes. Similarly, if you have to be unconscious, don't do it near a possessed person because that's a surefire way to if you get have possessed. to be unconscious. You have to be unconscious. <laughs> don't get hit by the door <laughs> as you go unconscious. Don't yeah, try stand to bring near your... the library cage. True. Bring your limbs toward you so that there's no. You know, you're going to fall just in like a little, like to, like you're going into a tomb. That's what you got to do. Protect your head. Protect, well, sure, but also protect your arms from goo. I mean, you got to mm-hmm. be careful. Chris. It takes longer than a day to get over a demon possession, slash, uh, the hills are not alive. So. Yeah. That was really sad. Those are hard lessons. Well, I think that's, this is no better time in the present to yell stuff at each other. You guys want to, want to do a little roundabout? I mean, we've kind of been saying whatever this episode anyway, but let's do it in a what slightly more What if we just said fashion. no? 
What if me and Stacia went on strike? Okay. Well, then I'm going to just yell stuff into the mic about uh, things I, I thought about this episode. That sounds fun, so I'll join. <laughs> Wonderful. You work on your muscle tone while my brain triples out my ears. Mm-hmm. I'm aerobicizing. I must have a beat. Does Buffy have to aerobicize in the library? Yeah, that seems pretty convenient. She's working on her calisthenics. I know, but does she have to training. do it? Can't she just be like, Giles, I promise you to push-ups, push-ups at home. Like, I don't think Giles would trust her. I wouldn't trust her. Mm, that's fair. Must we have this noise during your calisthenics? It's not noise. Music. I know music. Music has notes. This is noise. I'm aerobicizing. I must have the beat. Wonderful. You work on your muscle tone while my brain dribbles out of my ears. Oh! Do you think he's keeping track of everything? I don't know. He's got like a little chart. It's like, but they did. He seemed, up today. he seemed to be like trying to get off into his own world. Maybe. He should have just went into his office or something. Got away from that music. I don't get it. John Cusack. Way to aim low. Way to aim low. Willow. Super weird. Daniel. Oh, on a related note. Who the fuck is Amy Yip? Does Amy anyone know? Yip. I oh, Amy Yip at the water slide part. Yeah, I thought it was I a classmate too, but classmate. I forgot to look up whether or not Never she's a real person. Up. I wrote that down too. Amy Yip at okay. a water slide part. Continue. I'm on a beach, not one of those American beaches, one of those island beaches where the water's way too blue. And I'm laying there on my towel and it's just before sunset and Gavin Rosdale is massaging my feet. <laughs> oh, Gavin Rosdale of all people. Oh. Amy Yip is an actress who is one of the leading sex symbols of Hong Kong cinema in the late 1980s and 1990s. Nice. She was known for a slender figure and disproportionately large breasts. <laughs> of course. Well, that makes a thousand percent more sense. I thought it was a classic. Wow. So the water slide park. Nice. All right. Out of water. Also, water slide park? The fuck is that? This could be math here. Huh. English joke because they have maths. They have they more than one math. maths. So there you go. Ah, oh, the 90s, where international travel required nothing but a slip of paper with a random person's address on it. No identification, but he made it all the way from England. Cool. Way to go, Philip. Could have just left his passport sense. in his hotel. Like no, 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 no. All the time. Throw, no. threw it away in a dumpster. <laughs> Giles' level of potential Giles. His diapers would have been tweed. What about me? I care about Giles. Yeah, Cordelia. Ooh, another great Cordelia quote from this episode. Mm. It was one-way street. I was going one way. Yeah. Coughing, not speaking. Cough, cough. (laughs) So many good quotes in this one. Oh, Buffy voice sound effects while fighting in this one have been like, "Ah! Ah!" clearly not Sarah Michelle Gellar in any way. No, it's rough this year. The doubles and stuff like that are really bad. Uh, Detective Winslow was the name of the girl. And I was like, is this Karen and Patty's Family Matters crossover episode? It's happening. It's happening. I can take a hint. What's the hint? She says that to Giles when she's like, God, everyone says my name oh, like yeah. that. I can take a hint. <laughs> What's the hint? Go away, Cordelia. <laughs> when Philip ex- escapes the morgue, I guess, he purposely shoves that dude, the morgue person, medical examiner, back into a little cage mm-hmm. tube thing and doesn't take his clothes, but then has clothes when we see him again. So why wasn't that guy's clothes good enough? He also- might have just had his own clothes. That's true. You're missing the point. Does somebody go around every morning and fucking monitor these bodies? Well, he was sure just that like, that? he was opening them and like, yep, still dead still body here. in here. Cool. We but, do this every morning because we have to do like, it. Because it's Sunnydale, they probably yeah. have corpses that just get up and leave. Yes. Or it's never kill a boy on the first date or no one's there and it seems like <laughs> it's an empty abandoned building where nothing ever fucking happens. 
Well, I think that was a funeral home and not the morgue. Because uh, they do have 13 or 19 cemeteries, so. I'm sure it was just a throwaway little scene, but I think the idea of them having to make that little check every morning because this is Sunnydale is pretty great. <laughs> Although I feel like he would be less shocked to have a person standing alive behind like, God, not again. Yeah. Damn it. Uh, what the hell is that green light coming from behind Igon slash Jenny when she's at the door of the, the shop where she's going to get Ethan slash Buffy? Evil. <laughs> it's the color of evil in Disney, so. Oh. Simple enough. Fun note Uncle Rory shows up in Hell's Bells mm. and he makes a comment about the taxidermy. Oh, that's in right. The building. So there you Fun. go. Do you have Continuity. Else we remembered for Uncle Rory. <laughs> that's what really matters in the end. Ah, aha, it's not Egyptian, it's Etruscan, mistaken for Egyptian by the design pattern, but any fool can see it predates their iconology. She's the best. Yeah, it was great. She won the episode. Willow? Yeah. Uh, Willow destroyed it. She was just... I like that um, when Angel was choking Jenny, Willow turns to Giles and says, trust me, this will work. And then later she was like, I didn't think it would work. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hello. She's coming into her own. That's the best part. That's the news to take away from this season so far. It's just like, man, having nothing to do, and now you're finally just killing it. That's right. Okay. Speaking of Willow. I thought you were going to. Oh, no. no, no. Your first thing is Willow. It's true. It's true. Speaking of Willow. Do we hack anything or talk um, about the net? We do see computers in this episode. There's even a scene in the computer lab, but no one actually uses a computer in the whole episode. But I still gave it a 6 out of 10 for the mere mention of computers. And Xander's line about, like, when will we ever use computers in real life? It's pretty... I think we're going back to paper. Yeah. <laughs> Strong paper's coming back. When are we going to need computers for real life, anyway? Hmm, let's see. There's home, school, work, games. You know, computers are on the way out. I think paper's going to make a big comeback. And the abacus. Yeah, you know, you don't see enough abacai. He has no idea that there will be a computer in his pocket at all times. Yeah, it's kind of In great. like six years. So fun. Uh, oh, no, more than that. This is 97. It wouldn't be until 2009. Yeah, but so. even just the idea of having like everyone has a cell phone. I know, not a smartphone. Not a smartphone, right. That's true. That's fair. Yeah. Joyce, way to not be around. Five out of ten for not showing up. The Big Bad gave it a seven out of ten. The makeup for Jenny and Deidre are actually really good. The zombie makeup and uh, Jenny's like Igon final form diamond stuff is uh, really good. Uh, but I felt like the possession thing was a little too convenient, like goo ex machina. Uh, Ripper's backstory is good, like I mentioned, but uh, it, I don't really count him as the big bad, although his decisions indirectly led to the problem of the episode. Friendship. 7 and 10 also. Giles' secrecy puts everyone in danger, but Willow's rallying of the troops saves the day via Angel. And Cordelia cares about Giles enough to study with Xander. And if that's not friendship, I don't know what is. So... Giles level Giles, get ready to fight. Ugh. Five out of ten. Five out of ten for what? He hates music and he uses words like calisthenics, which are good. He doesn't hate music. He knows what real music is. Basic That's rollers. not music. He's, he, he knows what real music is. And he puts on a dope houndstooth coat at the end of the episode. But we also have the five o'clock shadow, whiskey swilling, that, Giles. That, that to me is like recklessness. Awesome Giles. All that is very unjust. But they thought he was going to have tweed diapers. I know. That's so good. It's mostly his actions in this episode. Like him slamming the door in Buffy's face and just like being despondent and all the things that Giles isn't supposed to be. Do you think your level of Giles is just going to keep going down? Because I think the Giles that we're saying isn't, we're not into 
he slowly becomes that kind of Giles. Yeah. At points. It's true, especially in season four. Season four, Giles yeah. is just like a house coat wearing whiskey drinking, don't give a fuck guy. That has to be part of Giles' level of well, Giles. I mean, the categories are going to be reassessed next season, I feel like, anyway. Because, <laughs> but not today. But not today. But we see his house and it looks the same. We I do. mean, I'm glad we had the same set. They were clearly thinking ahead. Well, that apartment's great. I love that apartment. Seems like it's a good location. It's got a cool little courtyard. I love that on. he kept his door open when he ran off to go find Buffy or whatever when he had that vision. Oh my God, those visions, by the way. What the oh, fuck? Oh, those were rough. They were rough and they were really intrusive and loud. Yeah. They really bugged the fuck out of me. So the hippie dude, I just want to, I mean, it seems like a silly question because I think I know the answer. It's supposed to be Randall, right? In the, oh. in the flashbacks. It's definitely not Giles. Oh. And I don't think it's supposed to be Ethan. I think it's supposed to be Randall because he was the one that like... There was, my eyes up. were bleeding when that was happening, so I didn't really get a good... <laughs> the music too. Yeah. <laughs> Just out of nowhere. Nice. And Giles fell over, I mean, so many times. I'm sorry, I He didn't get him. knocked out, though. I know, but he was like... Just, uh, more, just comically got up and fell over at least three times that I can think of right off the bat. Yeah. It's great. Episode specific, Ripper backstory slash Giles has depth. And I gave that a 10 out of 10. Yes. See, because that, like, that goes to it a little bit. That's why, like... Giles' personality, as far as we've known him, didn't fit, but this is pretty great. So that gives me 40 overall, so it's 6 out of 8 for the season, uh, which is tied with Reptile Boy and Inca Mummy Girl. I have a three-way tie going on right now that I will fix at the end, (laughs) which is rough. And this one's going to be above Reptile Boy, but probably below Inca Mummy Girl, actually. actually. Anyway, you guys, Dana, what do you have? I'm going to put it at 105. Because it's not that good. Yeah, I think that's okay. I think that's, yeah. Because at 137, it's low, it's low, but it's like the high end of the low. Yeah. Let's hope 105 is not taken. Still haven't, still haven't, still don't all those yeah. out. Yeah. Stacia, where do you put it? Put it at number 10. Number 10, so that'd be out of 21, I think. It is below Inga Mummy Girl and above Lie to Me. Nice. That's right a great middle. spot. Yeah. It's like uh, right in the middle of so far everything we've seen. It's not bad, but it's not good. Yeah. It's right there. I think that's totally Truly perfect. Just riding the metal. Yeah. It's right there. All right. That's it. We got it. The Dark Age is in the books. Season two, episode eight is over. Uh, we're a real podcast, so you can follow us on places like Twitter at BeatMePod and Tumblr, BeatMePod. And we have a website, BeatMePod.wordpress.com. And we also do a little Spotify playlist where you can find all the songs from the episodes uh, that air weekly, as well as any music that we mentioned during our little news section. Well, we don't mention that our robots mentioned during our news segment weekly. Uh, and that will be Beat Me hyphen fun time playlist for podcast fans. Season two. So Is there a comma between season two and or just goes right into season, season two? two. Okay. It's it's rough. Okay. Yeah. I love it. But thank you so much for listening. Uh, we will see you next week for What's My Line Part One. So you're ready for that. Uh, I guess we'll see you next time. My name's Kelly. Stay to say goodbye. Goodbye. See you say goodbye. Bye. Okay, thank you so much. Bye. Possession. 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 You're on some drugs right now. Figure it out. That did pick up. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit. (laughs) Sit. Sit. Just quiet.